0: in non-essentials, liberty, in all things, charity. Now, here's Dean.
1: And thank you again, Rachel Joseph, for your uh, great introduction as always. And thank you to those of you who have tuned in again for another episode of the EPC's podcast, In All Things. I'm filled with what the Bible calls Eucharisto, coming out of a season of Thanksgiving into Advent. And now here we are coming right into the celebration of Christ's birth, self i still have that wave of eucharisto of thanksgiving for all that we have seen in the last year for all that god has done in the last year and you know a year ago this idea of a podcast was just that it was just simply an idea and here we are a little over a year later a little over eight thousand downloads And uh, connecting uh, those in the EPC and beyond with the work that God is doing through this family of churches. And I'm very grateful to work alongside people like uh, Rachel Joseph in our Benefits Resources Department, and uh, Brian Smith and Scott Blanchett, who faithfully produce these episodes every single week so that you hear these seamless, uh, well-edited episodes. There's a lot of work going on behind the scenes both in terms of arranging our guests and then editing the material and then of course putting it out there for publication so just a special thanks to all of the people behind the scenes who have helped make this year really special and for you for taking the time to listen in for sharing this with your friends your family your co-workers your elders deacons uh, members of your church family for getting the word out And we hope in the coming year that we will continue to bring you content that is worthy of you bringing even greater attention to what God is doing in and through the Evangelical Presbyterian Church. Now, as you listen to this podcast, and we drop them every Friday... This will be the Friday right before the celebration of our Savior's birth that we call Christmas. And perhaps your church has services, maybe even has had them already, certainly on Christmas Eve, coming up tomorrow, and then Christmas Day, perhaps on the Lord's Day, you'll be gathering together again. And I just have a brief reflection for us at this time of year to, I hope, tee up uh, going into this weekend so that it would be a meaningful uh, spiritual experience for you. By way of kind of setting the scene for this, one of my trips this last fall, as your stated clerk, was to travel to be a part of the Presbytery of the West, who had a retreat for their pastors at Enoch's Stomp Vineyard outside of Longview, Texas. It's a really amazing place, and I highly encourage those of you who love good wine to consider looking at their website and maybe even ordering some. Co-owners of Enoch Stomp are John and Shelly Crawl. Shelley is the associate pastor at Longview EPC. And so having a pastor's retreat in a vineyard and studying John 15, this whole idea of abiding in Christ as the, the branches and and the vine and the fruit and all of the the rich, beautiful metaphor that is um, uh, what Jesus teaches us about life in him and his life in us. What a great setting that was. So I just want to place that as the backdrop because my thoughts on abiding today have been kind of developing in me over the last several months since my time with the Presbytery of the West and Enoch Stomp Vineyard. But It is uh, two days before Christmas, and I'd like to share with you from God's Word, from the passage that begins John's Gospel, uh, before I reflect on John 15. Let's look at John chapter 1. In the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God. He was in the beginning with God, and all things, that should sound familiar, all things were made through him, and without him was not anything made that has been made. In him was life, and the life was the light of men. And the light shines in the darkness, and the darkness has not overcome it. Now Some translations say the darkness has not comprehended it, or the darkness has not put it out. But there's this sense to which the light is not both understood by the darkness, nor can it be vanquished by the darkness. The light transcends, transforms, and is ultimately source of all life Uh, now skipping down to verse 14 and the word became flesh and dwelt among us and that's the word i want to abide in (laughs) during this brief devotional the word became flesh and dwelt among us for we have seen his glory as the one and only from the father full of grace and truth You see john bore witness about him and cried out this was he of whom he said He who comes after me ranks before me, because he was before me. For from his fullness we have all received grace upon grace. For the law was given through Moses, but grace and truth came through Jesus Christ. No one has ever seen God, the only God, who is at the Father's side. He has made him known. Father in heaven, would you make known the Son to us as we approach the celebration of his birth, And all of the anticipation of the Advent season now has built to this moment where we come on bended knee like the wise men. We come to sing our praises like the shepherds. We come in all vulnerability and humility like Mary and Joseph. We come to the birth of our Savior who was in the beginning, through whom all things have been made. It's in the name of Jesus, Emmanuel God, that we pray. Amen. So, as I mentioned earlier, in my time with the Presbytery of the West's Pastor's Retreat at Enoch Stomp Vineyard, I had the time to do a deep dive in John chapter 15. And I broke down the chapter this way abiding in Christ, which is in verses 1 and 6, which has to do with his presence, abiding in his word, which is kind of the pivotal point of that particular text in verse 7, which gives us purpose. And then abiding in Christ's love, which is verses 8 through 17, which gives us our power. So there's presence, purpose, and power in this idea of abiding in Christ, abiding in his word, and abiding in his love. This notion of abiding, this notion of dwelling, this notion of um, even inhabiting, if you will, is one that is rich in our faith and one in which here just uh, two days before we come to the place where God has chosen to dwell among us, abide with us, is worthy of our time and consideration. Augustinian philosopher James K.A. Smith, who's a professor at Calvin University in Grand Rapids, Michigan, has written a book called How to Inhabit Time. I listened to a podcast recently where he was interviewed and he talked a little bit about this idea of understanding our when, understanding the time that we occupy right now, not, not trying to wish away time, not trying to ignore or somehow surf over time, but rather to really kind of inhabit the time that we've been given And Smith talks a lot about understanding, looking back to take in our history and all that has led up to this time, but also understanding that this present time positions us for what is in the future. It has a very kind of not just eschatological posture, but it also has a kind of a a hope filled approach towards the future. You may know Smith from the book he wrote, You Are What You Love. But this new book, How to Inhabit Time, is intriguing. And what intrigues me is the consideration that what if God inhabits us? You see, Jesus is eternity that stepped into time. There's two Greek words for time. One is kairos, one is Chronos. Kairos has to do with God's opportunity time. It's, it's, it's time to act. It's time to be present, it's time to do something, it's time to be still, it's time to... And then Kronos is chronological, kind of one o'clock, two o'clock, three o'clock, and so forth. When Jesus steps into Kronos, he steps into Kronos as Kairos. He is God's eternity now stepping into time. So the the infinite stepping into the finite, the, the whole incarnation, the, the nature of Christ coming to us to dwell among us, as John says, who became flesh and dwells among us, is not so much even that we inhabit time as is that God in Jesus, eternity, inhabits us. And that changes our entire understanding of that which has preceded us and that which goes forward before us. But it, it gives us this ability to be fully present in the moment where we are. And that's my hope for you. My hope is that over these next few days with all of the craziness that goes with wrapping up the the Christmas season, maybe that last present that you're going out to get or the last Christmas party or trying to figure out, you know, which of the Christmas Eve services you might be going to or if you're traveling or if you have a, a family member who's not feeling well and trying to figure out how to include them. I mean, there's so many different variables that can make these next couple of days seem like the time just goes so very, very, very quickly and you feel the hecticness of the season rather than the, the peace that comes from the Prince of Peace who was born, peace on earth and goodwill toward men. I think perhaps a place to stop just a few days before Christmas is to invite him to inhabit our time, to invite him to dwell among us, full of grace and truth to, to take in that everything that has led up to this moment, all of the Christmases past, both yours individually, but, but the churches collectively over the generations, all of these things present right here, right now, prepare us for what is coming in the next year and the next years and the next seasons and the times that are to come from us. There is a, a timeless quality to a time such as this. In the beginning, the Word was with God. The Word was God. He was in the beginning with God. All things were made through him. There's this sense of him occupying and transcending time itself. But at the same time, there was life. And that life is, is light, shines in the, the darkness the darkness of our own thoughts, the darkness of our own realities, the darkness of our own days, the darkness of our own culture, the darkness of the own times in which we live. But the darkness cannot overcome that light, because that light is life. and The light and the life comes and it dwells among us. It inhabits us. That's the, the nature of the Incarnation that God came to dwell among us, full of grace and truth, flesh of flesh and bone of bone. And we too now have that same dwelling by the power of the Holy Spirit living within us. So the best way, I think, not to steal Smith's thunder here, but the best way for us to inhabit time is to have God's time inhabit us. It gives us an eternal perspective like John chapter 1, verses 1 through 5. But it also gives us a very present dwelling, like we experience in chapter 1, verses 14 through 18. Eugene Peterson, in his paraphrase of John chapter 1, the paraphrase is called the message, Peterson has an interesting way of describing John chapter 1 in verse 14. In his paraphrase, he says this, the word became flesh and moved into the neighborhood. That's how Peterson says it. That's how he gets at this idea of dwelling among us, that he moved into our neighborhood. That is the places that we inhabit. That was kind of his point. The Greek word for uh, dwelt there in verse 14 is actually reminiscent of an old word, that describes the the tent of tabernacle in the Old Testament where God is present not only with his people, but in the midst of his people. And they, they did not move anywhere in the wilderness in their wanderings except for the fact that God was in their very midst. And so Jesus came to be in our very midst, in the places that we dwell, to inhabit not only our lives, but to inhabit our very being, to inhabit our Thoughts, to inhabit our hearts, to inhabit our habits, (laughs) to inhabit our families, our work, our play, to inhabit all things, because all things were made through Him, and there was nothing that was made that was made apart from Him. I hope and pray over these next couple of days that you'll find some stillness and some time to look back, to look forward, but hopefully, most of all, to be fully present. Invite him to come and dwell in you, that in that time, that eternity would step into time and inhabit your heart and your mind so that during this Christmas season, you might be able to worship the one who is the timeless, who is the eternal, who is the incarnate, our Savior Jesus. For unto us a child is born, and for unto us a son has been given. And the government shall be upon his shoulders, and it will never end. And it will bring peace, never-ending peace. And so, my friends, as we conclude this time together, please remember that good word from God's word that always draws us to a close and reminds us and points us toward the God who is over all things. You see, the sun is the image of the invisible God. At Christmas, we remember he is the firstborn over all creation. For in him all things were created, things in heaven and on earth, visible and invisible, whether thrones and powers or rulers or authorities. All things have been created through him and for him. He is before all things, my friends. And in him, as you sit still and meditate on his inhabiting dwelling among you, remember, in him all things of your life hold together. For he is the head of the body, which is the church. Until the next time we gather, my friends, grace and peace to you, and a Merry Christmas.
0: Thank you again for joining us. On behalf of Dean and the entire team, we hope you will join us for our next episode of In All Things. For more information about the Evangelical Presbyterian Church, including a directory of local churches, online resources, and much more, visit our website at www.epc.org. I'm Rachel Joseph. I pray you have an overwhelming sense of God's presence in all things today.